0: Welcome to Hope is Here, bringing hope to those struggling with life's difficult situations. Welcome to Hope is Here. My name is Greg Horn, and uh, we are continuing a conversation with Craig. Uh, He shared yesterday uh, his journey with alcohol and as we come into a, a new year, a lot of people like to celebrate with alcohol, and for most people that's not a problem. But for some, it can be devastating. And in my 20 years of ministry, I've seen alcohol do more destruction than any other drug, hands down. And so, yesterday Craig shared uh, his journey about had a good childhood and yet uh started kind of in college like a lot of us have myself included and uh but unfortunately alcohol started to take its toll and eventually in his life it uh, cost him everything his marriage uh, his children And, uh, if you missed yesterday's program, really, really want to encourage you to uh, check that out. Um, but today we're going to hear about where he was at and how God, uh, helped to restore him. Uh, but Craig, I guess the question I do want to ask you before we get into hearing the rest of your story, which has a good ending is that, uh, I mean, nobody plans on being an alcoholic, do they? Well, um, it's funny you meet, uh,
1: you know, I'm in a, I'm in a program of recovery and, um, so a lot of people don't plan on being a, a, um, an alcoholic, uh, but then you meet a lot of people who grew up in alcoholic families, because it's a family disease, right? And, you know, you hear frequently, I swore up and down I would never be like my, you know, father, grandfather, and they end up the same way, and it's, it, it is, it's, it's, it's a disease, you know, it's it is a disease. It's uh, you know the doctors say that it's a disease of mind and body. Um, once you have one drink or put one little bit of alcohol in you, the, the the you start craving more and you get drunk and you can't really explain that. And it goes against uh, it goes against everything we try to think of ourselves in terms of self control, especially men. But it's, this disease is prevalent with you know there's no male, female, old, young. I I know people that didn't really develop the disease until they were in their seventies even, you know, it's never drank. And then all of a sudden, and it just grips you. Um, it, it gets a hold of you and, um, you cannot not drink even if you don't want to. Um, it's, it has nothing to do with morality, right? It has nothing to do with faith really. Although faith pays a, plays a big uh, portion of of my recovery right but i had to get to know god right <laughs> I, had to, I had to involve him in my in, in my life and uh, i had to quit playing god um mm. was was really the the crux of it but um thank you for having me back I um, yesterday told a, a little bit about the darkness, dark places that I went, and um, I had remarried in 2000, and, um, in 2005. Um, my wife had an opportunity to, um, with her company, to move to Kentucky and open an office, and she was given her choice, Lexington or um, Louisville and uh it's really funny we were standing on uh the her balcony in her condo we'd been married less than a year and uh at the time we both smoked cigarettes i think i may have been drinking i don't know but we sat there and uh we looked at each other and we said well what should we do and you have to remember this point the only time we went to church was uh, maybe twice and I think I might have been drinking at the time but um, uh, we got married in a Lutheran church and uh but we had never discussed faith or anything like that and we both looked at each other and at the same time out of our out of our voices came the the we both said I think God wants us in Lexington and uh, so we moved here now, I had been trying to get sober for about uh, about a year, and I was for the most part, but on the way here, I drank. I decided, you know, it would be a good idea to go to a football game, a Virginia Tech football game, the night before I was closing on my house here. And on the way, I didn't drink, I didn't drink, and then when I got to the game, I did. And um, when I got here, I we were staying in temporary housing, and I was drinking a little bit, and uh, um, then I had a really bad drink. It's, I, I explained yesterday that over time, it doesn't matter how long you're sober. When you pick it up, it gets to right back where it was. Um, my last, I actually, uh, got involved in a little bit of recovery. Um, I had a sponsor in my program and, um, then I went on a trip and that's a weakness for me. And I, have I got drunk in an airport bar. I got drunk in the hotel And when I got home, I got drunk a couple of times, and that lasted about two weeks. That was it, my last drunk. But the last couple of days, I was drinking two quarts of vodka a day. And um, that's when I, as I shared yesterday, had this feeling that um, I was the problem, you know. And uh, so I really desperately, and, and what happened was when I detoxed the last time, for about a day and a half, I felt like I was going to die. My heart, every time it beat, it felt like it was going to explode. Most people don't know this, but withdrawal from alcohol is uh, is deadly. It can kill you. You know, you can't do that from a lot of other drugs, but from alcohol, that's why they take people in and give them, you know, sedatives and stuff and, and monitor their heart, you know. And I felt like my heart was going to blow up. I could hear it—boom, boom, boom, boom—and boom, it was—it 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 was horrible. So I got back um, when I when I finally got through this, which was you know virtually five days of hell. I mean, they kind of locked me in the house, took away the keys. I should have been in a hospital. Maybe God. Uh, determined that I needed to suffer a little bit um, because it, that that heartbeat thing stuck with me it's it's very difficult to get through your first year of recovery because you're so ingrained into habits you know we're habit people and you know we can go to meetings and do this and that and and, and this program that I'm involved in it, it or it works right um, and it restores you um, but Um, I held tight to this, this, that, you know, all of a sudden I did care. I didn't want to die at age 48. That's when this happened. I'm 65 now. So, um, 49, it might've been 49 when that happened and I didn't want to die. And so this thunk, 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 thunk in my heart, ready to explode, it was like, oh, I really could die, and I don't want to. So I kind of held that near and dear to get me through the first two or three or four or five years of being, being sober, that and doing what I was told in working my program of recovery. Um, uh, Craig was no longer in charge. Um, so part of, uh, part of my, my program of recovery and, and and can I just say, if there's somebody listening that's suffering, um, it's there for you. You just have to ask. Um, and if you're a family member, you can't get your loved one sober. It's just it, it doesn't work. They're going to have to want it. And I pray every night for the suffering alcoholic you know, and their family, that, uh, that your journey may be similar to mine. Um, let me just tell you where I'm at real quick, okay? I'll, I'll talk, you know, when we talk tomorrow about this, but I want to let you know that I feel right here, right now, this second is the first second of the rest of my life and i find that quite exciting. And even if you're even if you're in the midst of your alcoholism, if you stop and think about it right here right now can be the first second of the rest of your life. And that rest of your life can be blessed. You know, you have your whole life to look forward to. And so often when we're in that darkness and that hole, we we're afraid to look at the, the because it's bleak. We can't see it. The hole is so deep. And usually we're sitting at the bottom of that hole with a shovel in our own hand, right? If we reach up, there's somebody's going to reach down. Usually it's not a family member either, but there's someone. Trust me, there's someone out there to reach down. And I believe that God is what makes those two come together. So anyway, I get involved in this program and I start hanging out with people that were just like me right and i couldn't really figure it out and during the first two or three or four or five or six or seven or eight or nine years you're trying to figure things out and it always changes and this is what's exciting every day something's new right every day there's a new blessing every day there's a prayer that is answered you know it's just a wonderful design for for life being sober um especially when you come from such a a a hopeless place but anyway um I was told by my sponsor to start praying every night, to find a, um, a a quiet spot. And I said, I don't know what to pray for. And, you know, I'd go through, you know, why why should I pray to this God or that God? Or, you know, I, I maybe this other religion is right. Or maybe these spiritual people are right. Or, you know, who's to say, you know, that the Lord Jesus Christ is the right one? He says, it doesn't matter. Just start praying. And so every night, I started getting on my knees. And he goes, I said, I don't know what to pray. He says, well, thank God for being sober. And when you wake up, thank God for being sober. Well, it's been almost 16 years next month, and I still get on my my knees every night. At first, he gave me this little card with the St. Francis prayer, which which is beautiful. You know, it's basically, instead of being this, I pray to be that. Instead of being full of self, to be kind and helpful and, and, and it's a famous prayer but I read that little laminated prayer on that card until I finally threw it through it, know. but about four years into being sober maybe three um, I went on a professional conference uh, the Society of Exploration Geoscientists out in um, Las Vegas and at the time, I uh, when I when I quit drinking, I was 240 pounds, and I smoked cigarettes. And at this time, I um, uh, had started to run, and I decided that when I got up one morning, I would go out to. Uh, it's called Red Rocks Canyon. It's a it's a state park out there. It's beautiful and I started to run I wanted to watch the sunrise and I'm kind of running down this path and I find a rock to sit on where there's no people no cars away from the parking lots you can't see a road all you see is what appears to be this ancient desert or or seabed with the sun coming up and um, I'm sitting there and the sun's coming up and I feel at peace and all of a sudden, from right behind me, behind my right shoulder, I hear this voice. And this is the first of four times that God has spoken to me. And the voice was just as clear. And I know this is going to sound hokey to anybody, right? But the voice was clear. And this is why I can't deny my faith. Every time I do, you know, every time I'm walking along, because I still go on long walks and running and every once in a while, this other voice says, "You know this is this praying all the time, and all this geez talking to Jesus, is it really for real? Is it really for worth it?" And I know it's real. I have to remember I heard this voice, and this is what the voice said. I'm looking over this beautiful desert, and the voice says, "Isn't it beautiful? I made this for you.
0: Wow." that is so powerful and I hate to end on this point but unfortunately we are out of time the good news is Greg Craig is going to be back with us tomorrow And you're going to hear about three other times that God has spoke to him. And I think all of us, as we enter this new year, we just want to hear God's voice. So I hope that you'll tune in tomorrow and I hope maybe you'll share this program. There's podcasts available at our website, hopeisheretoday.org. That's hopeisheretoday.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on all the major platforms. For Craig, I'm Greg Horn, and this is Hope Is Here. Thank you for listening to Hope Is Here podcast. To listen to one of our previous programs or to make a tax-deductible donation, please go to our website, hopeishere.today. That's hopeishere.today. If you have been blessed by Hope Is Here, would you consider making a donation to help this ministry continue to reach thousands in Central Kentucky every day? It's simple and safe. Go to our website at hopeishere.today where you can make a safe and secure online donation, or you can find our address to mail a check. All donations are tax deductible and they are greatly appreciated. Please make your donation today at hopeishere.today. Again, that's hopeishere.today.